Greetings, Imp Nation. Tom Hensky here. Just doing a little pre-pre-intro on this particular episode. Uh, this episode was actually taped in March of this year with Tommy Smith, who you saw with my from my email, uh, the beloved Tommy Smith, who recently passed away. We had some technical difficulties on this one, and we were planning to re-tape it so we could deal with the bugs. You'll hear there's a little bit of a delay between my question and his answer. It sounded awkward at the time, and now listening to it again, it sounds just beautiful that we captured Tommy before he passed. So I wanted to put this out to Imp Nation for everyone to hear. Uh, You can tell from his voice He really had found his passion of what he wanted to be doing, which was coaching lacrosse, and his memories of UVA are fond. So with that, enjoy this great tribute and memory to Tommy. Greetings, fellow imps. I'm Imp Fossil, Tom Hensky, and I'd like to welcome you to From Nowhere to Now Here, Where Incarnate Memories Prevail. Like many incoming first years, I entered the university a blank canvas. You get it, nowhere. But four years later, I grew to now here. And when I look back at that transformation, it was the friendships that I built through the imps that were a huge part of that growth. But where did everyone end up? I'm going to take us on a journey to find them, to catch up with the friends we've lost touch with. And in doing so, my mission is to rekindle these amazing relationships. Welcome back, Imp Nation. I've got with me today, the legend, Tommy Smith. What's up, Tommy? Hey, I'm doing very well, my man. Hope all is well with everyone else. It's great to have you on, man. We're going to hop right in. So, Give us the scoop. I don't know that I remember. Where? How did it all start? And how the heck did you not go to Syracuse? Uh, well, basically, it was home, and I wanted to get away from home. Um, and uh, I really enjoyed, you know, my visit to the university and, uh, you know, all my teammates and, and obviously the coaches like Dom Stargia, uh Mark Van Arsdale, and Mike Murphy. So it was a total lacrosse play or was there anything about the school itself that you were interested in? Or at that point, you're like, I'm 17. I only care about lacrosse. I only know lacrosse. So I'm making a lacrosse decision. To be honest, it was more or less a lacrosse decision. That's fair. That's totally fair. Okay, cool. So do you remember your recruiting trip? Uh, Yes, barely. (laughs) But I do, yes. You're going to have to give me more than that. Don't make me pry things out of you today, Tommy Smith. You're being a pain in the ass. Tell us what went down on that recruiting trip. <laughs> well, it was me, um, Michael Watson, um, one of my future teammates, um, and a couple other guys. And it was a great time. You know, it was actually a home football game. I believe they were playing Clemson. Um, I'm not saying that I, I stayed for that long for it because there were of parties and uh people getting together on gpa or jpa um but uh it was it was a lot of fun i gotta tell you um and just walking around grounds and meeting other athletes uh student athletes uh it was it was really awesome did you have an offer in hand at that point that you went 
Uh, yes, I did. Cool. So you knew that you had offer in hand, you're ready to rock. You're just checking out the scenery to make sure you're checking all the boxes and then you're, you're off on your merry way. And what was the close second? Oh, wow. The close second probably was, it was probably Syracuse. Um, just because I knew the university and it was, it was home. I just didn't want to stay home. Um, and I think the third might have been, I think it was Georgetown or Loyola. Got it. So then you get to grounds the first year and you're rooming with a lacrosse guy, I assume? Yes, Brian Birch, uh, who I actually just spoke to yesterday. He's one of my best friends still. That's awesome. And um, what dorm were you in? I was in Balls. Nice. <laughs> awesome. Cool. Yeah. That's funny. It's, I feel like it's a Beavis and Butthead episode every time someone says balls. I'm like, haha, he said balls. <laughs> exactly. So, okay, tell us about your first year both on and off the field. Uh, well, off the field, it was really fun. Um, you know, like I said, just being on ground and just, you know, going to class um, and just, you know, just feeling like, you know, not just the student athlete, but just the student in general. Uh and just, you know, meeting people outside of, you know, the, um, you know, the athletic department. It was, it was really nice. It was, uh, you know, some of the best people that I still have ever met. Um, so that was, that was awesome, uh, you know, just to be a part of the student body and, you know, just getting, you know, to learn my way around and, and um, you know, just, you know, trying to grow up a little bit. Uh, as far as Across is concerned, um, you know, I was I was playing long stick midi. Um, I played close defense and long stick, but my first year I played strictly long stick midi because there were uh, two senior or two fourth years, um, and then one uh, third year uh, that were starting at close defense. So I had to you know pay my dues a little bit, but like I said, I was playing, so I couldn't really complain about anything. Uh, so, but, uh, had a blast and we ended up going to the final four that year, um, and playing for a national championship against Princeton. And tell me about what life was like when you started classes. Was it a huge, um, huge change for you coming from high school to that academic rigor? Yes. Uh, it definitely was. I just trying to get your schedule down. Right. You know I mean? you're busy. This is like almost like a, I'm going to say a full-time job, but it, it felt like it for me at that point being 17, 18 year, years old. So I, um, you know, so it, it took me a good semester. Um, you know, that fall semester was a little tough. Uh, spring semester, you know, I felt like I'd kind of gotten my legs underneath me, but it, it was, you know, there's always going to be that learning curve in general. And then what was the social life? off the field like for you? Oh, really fun. Almost too much fun. Uh, but uh, yeah, it was, it was really, it, it was once again, you know, just making sure that you didn't go overboard with going out. Right. You know, which was, which is hard, you know, um, because, you know, you know, I'm away from, I'm, I'm away from home for the first time and, you know, really just trying to make my way and get to know other people. Um, and just, you know, hanging out. But it was it was fun. It was a, a lot of fun. 
And where was your normal stomping ground when you were out and about? Did you have a favorite place that you used to go to, or was it fraternity parties? What, well, we used to go. Yeah, we um a little bit of both. Uh, we I think the Biltmore is probably our biggest hanging out uh, stomping ground, um, and you know then going to uh, fraternity parties. I'm trying to remember, wasn't one of the lacrosse coaches, the bartender there, Mike Murphy, if memory serves me correct? That is correct. Yeah, he was. Of course. So no wonder that was the destination of choice. That makes sense. Right. And and also, it was so he could kind of keep an eye on us, too, right, as, as first years, you know, making sure that we didn't get into any trouble or nothing major, right? So, um, but, there, you know, once again, it was – it was it was loads of fun. And then tell me about uh, you. You were a sociology major. When did you decide you were going to do that? Did you know right away, or did that happen sometime your second year? I would say my second year. It wasn't it wasn't right away, but I had taken a a sociology course in high school, so I had a little bit you know of a background in that anyway. Um, and there were some really great professors in that department as well. So um, it was, you know, it was kind of like a natural transition, but I would say not until my second year. Got it. And did you have a career in mind? I mean, at the point, that point, there was no professional lacrosse to speak of, right? So in your mind, you were setting up to just go to school and graduate and then go on from lacrosse? Or was there some sort of lacrosse in your mind that you thought you would start to do right out of college? Well, I did play club lacrosse for uh, New York Athletic Club. Um, but once again, that wasn't professional. That was restricting club because to your point, Tom, there wasn't a professional lacrosse league. Give me some funny stories that happened the first couple of years. Give me, they don't need to be too PG, but just, I know there were probably a few. Talk talk about a couple of them. Well, I didn't do it, but it was funny seeing people streaked along. I mean, that was a little eye-opening. That was a little eye-opening. Um, like I said, I didn't do it, but, um, you know, that and the um, the horse races, um, you know, getting to go to those and, you know, um, actually here, here is a funny story. My friend, so Brian Birch, my teammate, slash friend, him and another, um, player decided to run with the horses and it was pure. I mean, it was dangerous. It's all hell, but it was funny to watch. Now, wait, did they go right out on the track? How did that happen? Yes, they did. I, I, you know, obviously we were feeling pretty good, you know, uh, by that point, but, uh, yeah, that was, they went and they actually ran. I mean, obviously they didn't keep up with the horses, but, but it was really funny. I think that was my second year that happened. That's funny. Okay. And then when did the imps come about? Oh gosh. You know, I think was that my second year? I want to say it was like the end, I think it was the, the spring semester of my second year. Um, or maybe it was the third, the first, I mean, the, I mean, it was the fall semester of my third year, but I could be wrong. I want to say it's my second year, though. Don't make me ask about how you got initiated. You know that's the damn next question coming. Come on. Yeah, so I got, 
I'll be honest with you, I don't really remember it that much other than, you know, giving a, a pitchfork and, you know, and just walking around and, you know, saying, you know, we are marching, marching hymns and just being, you know, once again, I, I really didn't know outside of the, you know, seeing imps on like the stairs and stuff like that. I didn't really know too much about, about it, but obviously really great people. Right. Um, so that, that was, that was really, really awesome just to be a part of something like that, that wasn't involved in athletics. So that, that's why I really, you know, I made some, you know, more friends uh, outside the athletic department um, that, you know, I really, you know, I really enjoyed the time going around and initiating people was really fun. <laughs> Do you remember any good jokes? Oh gosh, there's so many. I don't, don't really remember a whole lot. Um, like I said, I was probably overserved a lot of the time. So, um, but it was, I mean, it was, I, there were so many jokes and I remember, you know, also like, I think Tiki and Rondé were there as well. Um, so that was really fun. You know, and we used to meet up, at, if I remember correctly, we used to meet up at College Inn occasionally and, you know, just, you know, just for drinks and some food. So that was really cool, too. And uh, so let's let's pivot to talk about your lacrosse experience there. So take us through the couple of years. You started to talk a little about the first year, but take us through the four years there and what it was like. Okay, so um, my we made the final four my first three years. Um, unfortunately, my first so my first year and my third year we made the finals, and both times we lost to Princeton um, in overtime. So that was tough. And one of my best friends from from home was on that on that uh, team, that Princeton team. Ugh! So we got you on bragging rights. Yes, yes, exactly. And that that's not the you know the end that you want to be on as far as that's concerned. And I know um, you were included in the lifetime achievement award for lacrosse uh specifically for lacrosse players tell us about that yeah that came as a surprise um actually i think that was last that was a little bit over a year ago i think it was like last february that that the united states um lacrosse magazine came out and they did that in conjunction with um some some, uh, african-american players so i made that first Team along with the legendary Jim Brown. So that was really, really cool. That's awesome. And so what was it like being an African-American in an overly, at the time, predominantly white played sport? Yeah, that took some getting used to, but by that time, Hensky, I had, you know, I went to pretty much an all white high school. So it didn't really bother me. Um, and I was, you know, luckily enough, uh, I, I was a two-time high school American. And then when I went to UVA, I was captain uh, my third and fourth year. And then I made uh, All-American my second, third, and fourth year. 
So my third year, um, I was first team All-American. Um, and then the other two years, I was third team All-American. I battled through some injuries my fourth year. What'd you have going on? I don't remember. What, what did you hurt? Um, I had some back issues. Nothing like major, but, you know, definitely, um, you know, I, I, it's like one of those things where, you know, you're lifting and you tweak it. And sometimes when you tweak something, it's almost worse than just having a full blowout. I'm not sure if that's ever happened to you, but I just know that it, it was it was tough. So to kind of go through that and fight through it, um, I had that. I had some issues with my wrist, uh, my left wrist. But, you know, like I said, I, I battled through it. And, you know, there's, you know, great staffing there to, to help me work through that. But, um, you know, just, you know, I almost felt like I was starting to break down a little bit by that, that fourth year. And I would imagine your relationship with the coaching staff was pretty good. Sounded like it, right? Yeah, it, it was it was absolutely awesome. Um, I really enjoyed my year. Um, my so I was I graduated in '97. We were Dom Starzia's uh, first recruiting class at UVA. He had, he was coaching at Brown for a very. He actually went to Brown University, and then became a coach there for a number of years, and then took over the UVA. Uh, position after Ace Adams uh, left. Yeah, he, that was Ace was legendary. So that was some big shoes to fill. But surely uh, Dom did, right? Yes, absolutely. He he really changed the culture there. Uh, as far as being, um, this is no disrespect to the, the the older guys, but I think the perception was that Virginia had all the talent in the world, but was a little on the soft side. When Dom got there, he completely changed that around. And do you remember specifically how he did that? I think it was, it was, you know, I think it was just the, uh, his approach to the game um, as far as not being passive aggressive uh, or, not, or not being passive, but being more on the aggressive side. You know, we, we really got into weightlifting, um, really you know, um, getting our bodies uh, in shape. You know, we did a lot of circuit training in the fall, and then we went back to the uh, non, the traditional um, uh, weightlifting during the season. So we lifted, I think it was Monday, Wednesday, Friday during the season. All right, so there was a new sheriff in town, and that's how it was going to be. Got it. Yeah. Yes, cool. and if you didn't like it, leave. That's right. It's a, my way or the highway, right? <laughs> yeah. So then you graduate, and I think your first job was with ESPN, right? Actually, no. I worked for a company uh, by the name of Aerotech. So they did a lot of recruiting. Actually, the the Baltimore Ravens owner owned that. So Steve Bashotti was the owner with a couple other guys. Um, he's no longer with that company. He just strictly does the Baltimore Ravens. So I was doing some recruiting. Then I did bounce over to ESPN because a friend of a friend was working there. Um, and I probably interviewed, like, I felt like it was like at least 10 to 12 times over there. 
um, because obviously everybody, everyone wants to work there. And um, yeah, so it's kind of like, you know, it finally came to fruition. And, um, you know, I was doing, so at ESPN specifically, I was involved with uh, advertising, like the sales of, I was more like in the sales support, if you will. Got it. So what was the day-to-day like in that position? Uh, pretty crazy. Um, you know, when you're dealing with the 24-hour network, it's nonstop. And obviously, you know, because it's, li- because it's live sports, you know, you can't control, like, things like the weather. So you might be in a weather delay or something gets canceled, and now, now all of a sudden you have schedule changes, and now you have to communicate that those changes over to the ad agencies. Um, and not all of them totally understood live sports. So you had to educate them like, hey, listen, I don't get to, you know, make up like whether there's, uh, you know, what to do as far as a rain delay or if something gets canceled. So I'm, I'm kind of uh, reacting to that. Um, so, but every day was different, but more or less the scheduling changes that was tough to deal with. And you had, you probably, you were going to all these sporting events too. Were you just like taking clients or potential clients out to different sporting events or what was that like? Yeah, no, we, so I was in a actual sales team. So my AE at that time would then take out clients to, um, I don't know, like it could be the U S um, like the, the, out to Queens for the tennis. Um, or I actually, the one big event that I ended up going to, um, but I wasn't, a, a, I had graduated to a marketing uh, position and I was, uh, I was working with sales for the Indy 500. I got to be honest with you, that, that is off the chain. And then, so were there other UVA folks also working at ESPN? I felt like that was, I seem to remember a bunch in the, on the, up the top of my head. Do you remember any? The only one that I can remember was Melissa Stark at that time. Um, I don't know of any, anybody else. Well, actually I do because I became a hiring manager um, going back to sales support. I became a hiring manager and, and obviously I hired a couple of UVA people. Got it. And were you in the city or were you in Bristol, Connecticut? Where was your office? No, my office was on, initially it was in Midtown Manhattan. Um, and then we bumped over to the ABC build, building on the Upper West Side. Right? Like kind of like near the uh, Columbus Circle area. Got it. And were you living in the city or what were you doing? Yes, I was still, I was living in the city uh, on the Upper East Side. Cool. All right. And then I think somewhere around 2011, 2012, something like that, the change of landscape, right? You were at the, went to the tennis channel. Yes, I did. I was there for about two and a half years. Um, and that was, you know, that took some getting used to because now you're only dealing with one sport, right? Um, I did do some traveling for that. Um, we'd go out to the Indian Wells, which is one of the first tournaments of the year. Um, that was really cool. 
that was out in Palm Springs. So we used to, I used to go to that. And, um, and then from there, they went through a complete change of management. Um, and so I ended up leaving, kind of bounced around from job to job. And lo and behold, coming out of COVID, which, you know, no one was pretty much working, um, I decided, you know, I, I pretty much had enough of corporate America, you know, um, and then decided to really, you know, focus on coaching. Yeah, I mean, that's where I was taking this thing, because I think that's awesome. You have so much to give back to, you know, youth and young men and lacrosse players and athletes in general. I was so excited to hear when you did that, because I just felt like the world's getting a little bit better with Tommy Smith at the helm coaching. So talk about that first year of coaching and what was it like? What was the experience? What were some of the bumps and what are some of the highs? Tell it, take us all through it. Well, my first year, I was pretty much like a volunteer because the season had already started and it was just coming out of COVID, right? And Roy Cosley, who is a four-time All-American and he was inducted to the USA Hall or US Hall of Fame uh, in Baltimore a few years ago. Um, I stayed in touch with him and he reached out to me and he goes, I need help with my defense. I'm just, I'm kind of focusing too much on the offense. Why don't you come up for a practice, take a look, don't say yes right away. And of course, when I got, got in the car, I was halfway home. I said, sign me up. Yeah, you caught the bug. You were ready to rock. Yeah. And actually, Tom, I just, before I forget, because you asked me this question, how that first year was, that first year we won the Class L state title in Connecticut. L meaning the large school. So that was amazing. Completely amazing. That's awesome. And so what do you remember about that run through the playoffs as a coach, as opposed to a player? Um, you know, I just think that things, the excitement, um, and like you mentioned, just giving back, you know, being around, be, first of all, being outside, right? You know, just like I said, coming out of COVID, I'm now I'm not in corporate America, so I'm not sitting in front of a computer anymore. And just really, you know, just, you know, it just, it was so refreshing just to be outside and doing something that I really love to do. Um, and the kids were great, obviously. We graduated 17 kids, um, one of which is Roy Coley's son, Ryan, who's now a first year at UVA. He just redshirted. He's an attackman. And, um, and then, he has another son, Kyle, who's like the number eight player, five or eight player in the country at attack for the uh, the twenty twenty four class, and he's going to UVA. Nice. So you created the pipeline back to uh, UVA for this. I love it. So I'm going to ask you this question, right? So. Yeah, I'm probably going to make you sound old when I ask it, right? Because it's like when I was their age, right? So talk about today's high school athlete and compare it to when we were growing up. Wow. Um, 
But one, the technology gotten so much better with the sticks and, and everything. Um, so they have a little bit of advantage, right? You know, um, and it's that technology bit is just, it, it can make a difference, you know? Um, it just, you know, I think that also the facilities at, at these high schools, Tom, you, you know, just as well as I do, you get on these high school campuses and it's like, you got to be kidding me. You know, new like turf fields everywhere, you know, um, and really like the boosters, uh, the boosters are so very much involved now, at least at Ridgefield they are. And, and talk us through that as from a coaching perspective, what's it like as a coach compared to as a player, because you've been on both sides of it in terms of. Are you seeing things now that you're having aha moments that you're like, oh, gosh, I didn't get that when I was a player? Are there things that you say, wow, this is needs to change? Give me a little background on all that. Well, the one thing I will say, I think for high school teams, I think there does need to be a shot clock. Um, that's the one thing I would say if I had to change anything about the high school game is now – there needs to be a shot clock. Um, and I think that also, you know, as a coach, just like that, that the athleticism of some of the kids is unreal. You know, they, I mean, they can get up and down the field pretty fast. All Like pretty much everyone has a, has a good um, lacrosse IQ as far as understanding. And that's where, you know, coaching gets involved, right? We're here to teach and, and build up the, their uh, lacrosse IQ, right? Don't just be a fast player or a physical player, but be a smart player. Got it. And tell me now, you've gone from just doing it as a volunteer kind of side hobby to now this is your thing. Yes. And, and then, you know, it's one of those things where, I really want to make it, to your point, my thing. You know, um, I also work with the Eclipse Lacrosse Club out of New Canaan, uh, Connecticut. And they even have so the summer. So the way that it goes is you, know, you have your high school spring season. Then you get into the summer where you have all these clubs now, right? And the summer tournaments. So I have like, excuse me, four tournaments. I do for summer. So I'm going to coach the 2026 double a team um, with an, obviously I'm not going to be, I'm not going to be the head coach, but with one of the directors, Mike, uh, Mike Regan out of, out of New Canaan. So I'm going to handle the defense. Mike's going to handle the offense and, you know, we'll, we'll handle the, the clearing and, and the riding together. Cool. So you are you doing a lot of traveling in Connecticut, or is it mostly just in New Canaan? Oh no, the, these tournaments all all over the place. So the way that it looks right now, my first tournament will be in New Haven, and then um, my last tournament. There's a couple of tournaments in between, um, but my last tournament will be at uh, Lehigh. Uh, and that's the big, that's probably like the biggest tournament. It's called the, uh, 
NLF, National Lacrosse Foundation. And there's a number of club teams that are pulled together in that. The teams ranging from, you know, teams in uh, Maryland, Virginia, Florida, Louisiana, um, obviously Connecticut. And, you know, and there's some in uh, New Hampshire as well, uh, in Boston, in upstate New York. And have you found that player yet that you've coached and you said to yourself, that kid is just like I was? Actually, it was at Ridgefield. Um, Ty Prohaska obviously plays defense. He's now a freshman at UNC. And from what I understand, it sounds like he might even start as a freshman. But he reminded me a lot of myself, reminds me a lot of myself from a fast and physical standpoint. Give me more on that. He's just a tough kid. You know, he doesn't back down from anything. He he um, he really takes the fight to the attackman or to the offensive player. He doesn't sit back and and allow himself to be, you know, have, like if you have a one-on-one situation, I, as a player, never waited for the attackman or the midi. I never gave them room. Right, I always wanted to stay on their hands, making sure that everything was difficult for them, and you know, basically, in other words, take the fight to them. Don't play de- don't play defensive defense. If that makes sense, it does. It totally does. So, what's the next uh, phase for you in coaching? What where do you aspire to go? Talk talk to us about the road ahead. Honestly, right now, uh, you know, someone asked me, "Well, do you want to be a head coach?" And I said. I would definitely consider it. As of right now, I enjoy being a defensive coordinator. Um, and my first summer with Eclipse, I was a head coach um, because they needed, I guess, one head coach quit or, or didn't do it that summer. So my first year, I was a head coach. So that was fun. You know, it was, um, it was nice to, you know, run my own practices. But I also, you know, Tom, I also – really do get a kick out of, you know, being at practices and also being a sponge and watching how other coaches run their practice, right? I think that you can always take a little bit from other coaches, or at least I try to. Yeah, and it's funny. We always say that the assistant coach is like the favorite uncle all the time and gets treated like that. When you're the head coach, that brings with it a little bit of headache. A little bit. Yeah, I mean, it definitely, I, you know, I, I think that's very, uh, that, that's some point with how I, how I would uh, see it. Because even with Richfield, you know, Roy plays the bad guy. And sometimes, I'll, you know, I, I'm kind of like, well, I'm not going to say I'm cool, but I mean, I, I, I have a different approach to the game. Yeah, it's just a different position, which requires a different style of communication, right? That's for sure, for sure. Yeah. And your most important job, you're a daddy. I know, isn't that scary? Scary, totally scary. Come on, talk yeah. about it. Yeah, yeah, no. So, so I have, I have three daughters. One's a 
who they're all in the Wilton, Connecticut public schools. I have my oldest is now a senior. Um, she's gotten into like four or five colleges, which is phenomenal. I'm excited for her and watching her, you know, go through kind of a transition in her life, right? Then I have the middle daughter is a freshman at Wilson, and she plays soccer and lacrosse. And she actually made the Wilson girls varsity team. So I was, I was so, I love all my kids, right? But I was just really excited for her, you know, to be a freshman and, you know, you know like to be a freshman and on a varsity team, that's a big deal, right? Very big deal, especially in a school like Wilton. That's a very big deal, for sure. Yes. Um, So my youngest, not to be forgotten, um, she is playing hoops right now. She's a little point guard. And she's actually in fifth grade. And she also plays uh, softball. Okay. Wow. So you're busy on the sports field, not just professionally with what you do for a living, but then uh, when you're not doing something professionally, you're back on the sports field. Yeah. I mean, listen, I rack up more miles from lacrosse and then taking my kids every, like, or helping. They live with their mom in Wilson. So we, I know I try to help out whenever I can when, when my schedule allows me to do that. What's their vision of you having been an athlete at such a high level? Do they get it? Yeah, I think they totally get it. Um, But I, listen, I always try to tell them, you know, don't worry about me, you know, and I'm like, I'm done. Right. Um, And of course they always say like, you know, we're proud of you, but yeah, I don't want them. Yeah. I want them to look up to me, but, I don't want them to ever feel pressure from me, right? You know, that, that's, kids, kids today have enough pressure on them that they don't need, you know, they, they need for me to be a father who's going to support them, right, and not put pressure on them. And I've seen that side of it with dealing with some, some parents. Right. You're not going to be a high school coach and not see that from, you know, especially a, feels like a very type a community in the Fairfield County ish area here. Right. Yeah. It, uh, I think that's spot on. Um, a lot of pressure, a lot of, um, I'm just going to come out and say it. There's a lot of money. And I think that, you know, some people try to live, but, you know, vicariously through their kids. And I just think that that's, that's not healthy for the, for the kids. No, it's hard not to as a parent. I totally get that, but it's not healthy for the kids either. Um, and they want their autonomy. And if they feel sometimes if you're trying to live through them, they'll probably get more rebellious, right? I think so. Either that or they get burnt out. I've seen that too. The kids yeah. are just like, I don't want to play lacrosse anymore. You know, like it's not fun. Yeah. And you want it to be fun. Yeah, you gotta, it's got to be fun because if it's not fun and then what are they doing? Then they're sitting around in front of the screen all day with no athletic activity. That's probably not so healthy either. Cool. So you get back to UVA no. at all? Honestly, I, I haven't. Um, I, I really want to go down for a, a lacrosse game, but, you know, because I'm coaching high school, I can't, I can't do that. 
But I, listen, I do follow um, both the men's and the women's team whenever they're on TV. You know, I'll just check in and, and see. Um, and obviously, you know, I, I follow the the football team and, and both basketball teams. And uh, final thoughts on your UVA experience that you were thinking about leading up into this interview and the talk we're going to have. I know most people tell me they start to run through stories and experiences and you know, it all comes back. Some of it comes back. Some of it doesn't come back. What were you thinking leading up to this interview? <clears throat> well, here, here's the funny part. So when I coach Eclipse, we, we also, so we have our games during, in our tournaments during the summer. Then we have our winter clinics that just finished up. And so, you know, one of their directors is like, as coach since we went to school. And when the kids hear that I went to UVA, they're like, no way. Like, how cool was that? You know what I mean? It's, it's really, it's really funny. You know I mean? These kids, I mean, they're like lacrosse junkies. So they really look up to you. Obviously, I'm older, <laughs> but they understand Virginia, right? I mean, Laura Tiffany, who I've known since I was 15 years old, I played summer club uh, with him, and um, and I mentioned I meant to mention that by the way, he's done an unbelievable job. You know, he had back to back national champions. Um, uh, not last year. I think they did they make the final. I don't think they made. No, they lost in the quarterfinals uh, to Maryland. But this team is just and number one right now. So he's done a phenomenal job. So to answer your question, if it, when people ask me, well, did you like UVA? I was just like, I didn't like it. I loved it. You know, I, I just I have zero regrets leaving Syracuse to go to UVA. Well, I tell you, Tommy, we were lucky to have you both on and more importantly, off the field. And I remember you as the smiley guy, perma smile grin on your face 24 seven, man. You woke up with the smile. You went to bed with a smile and uh, one of the greatest guys too. I, like I know everyone just talks about your lacrosse prowess, which was awesome. Um, but your person prowess was just like off the charts too. I really appreciated it. Yeah, no, I, I, listen, I, I appreciate that, uh, all the compliments and, hey, why not smile? I'm at UVA, dude. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, Tommy, thanks for being with us today. Um, tune in next time. Uh, Amp Nation, we got a few on the docket coming up here. And thanks for everyone uh, stepping up to the mic and referring people in so we could continue the fun that we're having with the Amp Nation. So take care and I'll talk to you next time.